Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry, and today we're looking at an Italian startup called Will Media, launched in January 2020, and how they're trying to shake up the media landscape there with a broader take on national and global issues that resonate with Gen Z and millennial audiences. We're speaking to editor-in-chief Francesco Zaffarano, who previous to joining Will in September 2020, held various social media roles at The Economist, and before that The Telegraph. He also helped organise the Hacks Hackers events, a monthly meetup for journalists and technologists. He tells us what it was about their mission which made him return to his homeland and be part of a new media enterprise. Italy, of course, was one of the worst affected countries at the start of the pandemic and went into lockdown much earlier than the UK. It scuppered plans for the organisation to venture out and get their message into the rural parts of Italy. Those plans are now finally back on track, as they have just embarked on their Will Meets tour, where they will stop in 20 towns and cities to try and burst its so-called Milanese bubble. It wants to understand how people from outside the big cities relate to the issues they write about on a daily basis, and while they're at it, they want to get to know all the people they're trying to serve. All of that's to come, but first, this. As well as great editorial content, journalism.co.uk brings you the latest jobs and opportunities from around the media industry. Our job of the week is the investigations editor at the BMJ. For this position and all the rest on our jobs board, head on over to www.journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs. Francesco, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. What's the working situation like for yourself at the moment? Hi, Jacob. Thank you for having me. Uh, right now I'm in Milan uh, and I'm working as uh, the editor-in-chief at Will. So for, for people that don't know much about Will Media Francesco, what can you tell us about the stories they produce uh, and, and the mediums as well that, that they're on? So I think the first idea to, to have in mind is that we don't deal with news. We don't care about breaking news. We don't tell that kind of stories. We talk about issues, those issues that are shaping uh, the world. And we wanted to uh, help people understand on a deeper level uh, what the problem is and what the possible solutions are without starting from the assumption that we have the solution. We just want to put the, uh, the elements of the discussion on the table and give the, uh, the audience the opportunity to own those issues like the climate crisis, global mass migration, um, the gap in uh, the opportunities that younger generations have. We should all be involved and informed to have a clear idea of what is happening and what we can do to shape the possible solutions. What what specifically does that add to the Italian media landscape? What was very interesting, for example, in uh, the latest digital news report in the chapter dedicated to Italy is that uh, people in this country are struggling. They want uh, balanced reporting, balanced uh, journalism, and not like political views uh, within the, that reporting and that journalism. But the point is that it's really hard to find here in Italy. The, all the bigger um, uh, media outlets and newspapers are deeply 
political. You you mean you mean influence on an ownership level politically? Uh, both uh, on an ownership level and like it's just like a matter of uh, editorial decisions. Uh, so we we have this way of describing one of the biggest uh, newspapers in Italy, uh, saying that it is um, a newspaper party. Not in terms that it is the newspaper of a party, but it, it is a party itself while being a newspaper. Right. Almost like a newspaper running for election. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> Maybe. Um, leave that there. Uh, so kind of taking a, um, a step back from that, how do you um, monetize the content you're producing? So our business model at the moment is branded content, which means that we work uh, with clients to produce content uh, to help them tell stories they want to share with our community. And our clients can be both uh, companies, brands. Uh, we, we've worked with uh, Nike, for example, or with um, energy providers uh, here in Italy. But we also work with um, organizations or institutions Uh, so, for example, last year we had uh, among our clients uh, the uh, Germany Embassy in Rome. Uh, we have had uh, UNESCO and other like organizations, so not just companies. What they look uh, for when they come to us is not um, like a place to advertise uh, their brands or their products they come to us because we want to deliver and talk about their values. Uh, if, of course, they, they can meet the values of our company as well um, in terms of uh, sustainability, uh, in terms of social issues, in terms of uh, social justice. Yeah. And, and, and then you start seeing the connection between your revenue model and your, I suppose, mission to depoliticize sort of the the issues in um well on a global stage but also on a, on a national stage absolutely also because uh we think that in those companies and those organizations there is a lot of knowledge that we should use um there are people uh working for uh for companies uh in the fashion industry or in the food industry And they probably know a lot about what can we actually do to make those industries more sustainable. And starting from the idea that uh, just because they are interested in their revenues and their profit, it doesn't mean that they don't care at all about the future of this planet. The point is to, like, uh, of course, always uh, distinguish between... Uh, like a genuine uh, interest for uh, topics like sustainability and greenwashing. Uh, but we are really, uh, we are really like uh, on point and um, careful when we decide to um, uh, take on a new, a new client. So don't worry about that. <laughs> What's the trick to branded content, Francesco? It's, it's a difficult one to get the balance right with it. How do you weigh it up? Um, we are actually very strict. So it's not that difficult, to be honest. The, um, we just tell our clients at the very beginning of the process, uh, 
if you want to advertise like your latest uh, pair of uh, oh, trousers, I'm sorry, this is not the place where you should be. Uh, usually we say a pack of pasta, but I thought it was like too much of uh, like... Stereotype. Yeah, <laughs> too stereotypical. But we actually always say, if you want to uh, advertise your pack of pasta, this is not the place. Um, starting from that point, we are in a position uh, where we are strong enough and the, um, the relationship with the, with the client is strong enough to, to proceed. And at that point, the, the people who work on our editorial content are the same people who work on the branded content. So we don't need to like change tone of voice. We don't need to um, brief people uh differently because oh you know this is a branded content this it's basically the idea is that that content that we are publishing as a paid partnership with um uh, like a random client it's something we could have done anyway we are just putting on top of it the paid partnership <laughs> because someone paid to support the job we are doing it's a completely different idea of what branded content should be. We don't start from what the client wants. We start from what we want to tell our audience every day and the client follows. The alternative that Will is providing has so far proved to be a hit. In its first 18 months, it has amassed more than 1 million followers across Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is especially fruitful, averaging 220,000 impressions per post, 150,000 views per IGTV video, and 300,000 views per Reels video. It has four podcasts, with a combined 880,000 downloads per month, that's 7.5 million downloads in total since launch, and its newsletter, Loop, has also performed well, 18,000 subscribers, averaging a 55% open rate. With such numbers, it's easy to see why brands want to work with Will. I just wonder, what is in their secret sauce? Um, well, I think the, the main secret is that we are playing by the rules, uh, which means that normally what happens is that you have uh, your newspaper, your uh, website, your um, TV channel, and you need to go somewhere else because you want to follow the audience. We were born on the platform. We are using the language and the tools and every feature of that platform. And it's really easier for people to... Um, uh, to engage, to interact, and to create a relationship with us. Uh, I think the basically the the secret sauce was to mix the idea of a media outlet with, uh, for example, what uh, a lot of influencers are doing on uh, on their platforms. They are using their presence and their a way of being on the platform as a way to engage uh, on a deeper level with their audience. And th this is, for example, the reason why um, we try to link 
a, like a series of topics to a specific person in the team so that every time you stumble upon uh, his or her face uh, on the feed, you know, oh, this is Sylvia. She's going to talk uh, to me about uh, human rights or uh, diversity. And this is like a way of creating an habit. You know that uh, this person and this other person from the team uh, have their own their, their own ways of uh, speaking. Their uh, they have sometimes they will even have uh, a slogan. Uh, like for example, there is this uh, this 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 guy, this journalist uh, Francesco from uh, who's a different Francesco than me, of course. And the way he says every time he starts uh, a video. Uh, the way he introduces himself uh, is so um, peculiar. Even if you just say, hi, my name is, but the way he says it uh, is so familiar for the people in the community. That's interesting because you see a lot of like YouTubers do that kind of thing, don't you? It's, it's, exactly, um, it's exactly a signature or catchphrase. And what, what it's amazing is that people, uh, comment, uh, people comment on those videos asking for t-shirts with just that phrase it's uh they are they, they are basically like um i don't want to say they are fans because they are not fans also because they they are really critical sometimes and this is even better um they are just really uh involved they feel they are involved they email us uh calling us hi will like will his someone is that is that intentional is will media supposed to be like one person like who's will who no will was just the uh the idea of the name was just to basically play with the idea of willingness to change something and will as the future i was gonna say i want to meet this will um yeah (laughs) no but like we we never try to make will looks like an actual person but people um, text us and email us. They send us direct uh, messages um, like they do with their friends. Launching in January 2020 was unfortunate timing for Will, as Italy soon after went into lockdown due to the coronavirus pandemic, meaning that his plans to venture out into the physical world were put on ice. But those plans have been rekindled, with the Will Meets tour kicking off last week. That will see five reporters travel to 20 towns and cities up and down the country, and that runs through until the end of August. Being based in Milan, one of the largest metropolitan areas in Italy, and crucially in the north where it's more developed, Will does not want to be trapped in its Milanese bubble, writing in a way that does not take into account how Italians outside of Milan perceive issues like the environment, country infrastructure, innovation, or public policies. The first time I started a conversation with the founder of uh, of Will, um, I, I, I told him that I thought, and I still think that one of the things that um, media outlets should do uh, is to go out there and try to um, build a, a real a relationship, not just uh, online but also in real life. And he told me that that was. Uh, already the the idea it was just a problem of like not being able to do that and finally 
um, we uh, now we are because we decided to uh, launch this project called Wilmets, uh, which is basically like a tour uh, around Italy. Um, we have this uh, core team of people uh, who work for Will, who are traveling from uh, south to north. Uh, at the time we are uh, speaking, they are in uh, uh, Apulia. Uh, and they've been around for uh, already a week. We are doing this because we wanted to um, meet people outside uh, the Milanese bubble and to try and um, talk with them about those issues we uh, are dealing with every day on Will to see if they have a different perspective on it or just to gut check if they care about these issues? I think it's both, actually. So I don't think that uh, if you don't live in a big city, you don't care about um, about uh, climate change. Maybe you have like just a different uh, experience of what that is because you are maybe more used to uh, think about the climate crisis uh, in a more practical way maybe because you live in a place that is um, um, really focused on agriculture uh, while the way we talk about climate change uh, in a city is always connected about uh, pollution or uh, how smart your uh, your city is while uh, out there there might be different perspective and also different problems that are connected to those issues and that we are not considering enough and we should include those point of views in the discussion. So so just tensions you'd never even considered before? Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the more you talk with people who have a different experience of, for example, like one topic we uh, really care about uh, is uh, infrastructure. Uh, we have... Um, a big gap uh, in, in Italy with infrastructures, with like very developed infrastructures uh, in the northern area and areas in the south that are completely deprived. The idea of talking about uh, infrastructure just with the perspective of someone who is from, um, from Milan, it makes no yeah. sense at all. We need to like um, to make that extra step to try and, 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 and fill that gap of knowledge we have. That makes complete sense. And um, from a logistical uh, perspective, how does the tour work? What, what sort of thinking goes into actually setting it up? So uh, at, the, at the moment, we have um, five people um, um, traveling with uh, like through uh, through the country, uh, for every region we decided to uh, stop to, we identified two different uh, venues, two different cities. Sorry, uh, not venues. Um, one more, let's say, urban, and the other one more uh, rural. So in the rural uh, areas, we are trying to organize um, a series of focus groups um, and we are supported by um, um, a polling agency that is helping us to organize those focus groups. 
And the other thing we do when we go to a urban area is to organize um, activities with uh, local uh, activists. For example, to uh, help them like um, solve a, a little problem, for example, uh, like cleaning up a beach or a street uh, in the city center, or for example, like uh, a tour of a city to discover a deprived area. In this project, we are supported by the European Parliament uh, because basically we are the um, their uh, country partner for the uh, project they are promoting around Europe for the Conference on the Future of Europe. Uh, as we are trying to uh, get out um, and burst the bubble, uh, similarly, they are trying to uh, collect input from uh, people from around the, the continent to shape the policies of the future uh, of the uh, European Union. So they decided to support us because they, uh, they, they, they saw in what we were doing something that was really, um, uh, really close to their goals. Yeah. I don't know what it's like in Italy, but, you know, there's growing hostility towards journalists here in the UK. I'm wondering when you've got your reporters out in the field this way, how do you weigh up their, the safety and security side of things? We don't have this kind of problem, first of all. We are not, like... Um, recognized by people has the traditional idea of uh, of journalists, uh, and we the other thing we are doing is to to avoid parachuting uh, in a local community. So before we go there, we uh, make contact with uh, local activists and organizations to help us. Um, to, and to ask, to ask them to help us uh, to uh, organize those events uh, and those activities because we don't want to go there and say, hey, uh, we are from the big city and we are going to solve your problems. Uh, just trust us. The people on the ground know better than we do what is going on there and what they want to talk about. The, what we want to do basically is just to listen and uh, to come back with a deeper understanding of those issues. It's not about like bringing the, uh, the issues and the topics uh, and the conversation to the people on the ground. It's more about like uh, taking something from them. How will you document the trip? Well, you know, when your reporters are out and about, what will they do? So at the moment we are reporting like on a daily basis on our Instagram stories. We have um, a couple of people on the ground uh, who are particularly um, handy and they are basically uh, born creators. Uh, so they are um, telling all the, all the story in a very familiar and um, warm way. Um, okay. And at the, at the same time, we are working on a series of episodes for our YouTube channel. Um, basically, we want to um, uh, publish a series of um, mid-length uh, videos to tell, uh, like, in, a, in an extended way, what we are doing in the different uh, stops of our, um, our tour. 
um, which means both like showing the uh, uh, local activities, uh, the meetings with the community, and some uh, backstage from uh, uh, from the trip. I think a lot of um, yeah. I think some news organizations in the US have done something similar, but they've actually produced like manifestos on the back of it to actually recount all the all the findings that they've had from their tour. Will you do something similar? Absolutely. We are, uh, as I said before, we are working with this uh, polling agency called uh, Utrend, yep. which is an Italian polling agency, very uh, important here in Italy. And they're basically helping us uh, both to um organize the the focus groups uh so in terms of like uh um choosing the right people in a way that is uh balanced and representative of the community mm -hmm. uh and also they will help us to analyze all the data we are gonna uh collect yeah so then we will um report back basically um kind of finally for me then what will success look like what are your goals and sort of objectives going in and what do you hope you will you will yield from this listening tour I think we are already uh, seeing success, uh, so I can tell you what it looks like. It looks like uh, an evening meeting with 20 young people from uh, a southern region, people who are out of the, uh, the strongholds of our community. And those 20 people spend... Um, like a Friday evening, uh, instead of like being with their friends, being with complete strangers, um, to talk about the uh, the infrastructures in their region, uh, what the government should do to improve the public service in terms of public transportation, for example. And I think that is the opposite of the way the generation I belong to uh, is normally described by the traditional media because we are showing that there is something completely different from the narrative of people who are uh, uninterested and uninvolved uh, and they basically don't think that what is going on in politics uh, is something that have, a, have consequences on their lives. Those young people perfectly know that they just don't want to to be informed in the way we uh, we thought uh, thirty or forty years ago, uh, and the uh, reaction we are uh, seeing and experiencing uh, directly in these days uh, it's testament of uh, of this. Remarkable. I know. I know. On a Friday evening, I would be in front of the television with my feet up. So it's quite <laughs> remarkable. Francesco, listen, I, uh, I wish you all the best with it. Thanks so much for jumping on the podcast. It has been a real pleasure speaking to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Great to speak to Francesco there and lots to think about. We heard about their secret sauce, or at least their approach to these authentic influencer-style presenters. And that's an interesting tie-in to help foster those in-person meetups and tours. I look forward to following up on the results of that survey and seeing what came out of it. It's also very refreshing to hear about new perspectives and viewpoints, so a question might be, how could you go out of your way to get the insights of readers not from your immediate area? And that's some good food for thought. 
If you like what you heard today, you can check out more of our episodes on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to feature on the show, please do drop me an email on jacob at journalism.co.uk. But that is all we have time for today. I've been Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you.